Hello and welcome back to Changing Room 4, the Championship Rugby Podcast with Sid, Fitz and Jamie. I hope you've had a nice week off. We've had a nice nice Easter break um, where you don't have to listen to us three. I hope you enjoyed yourselves and had a good Easter and you used it, used it wisely. The weather was quite nice. Uh, Sid, what did you get up to over Easter and how have you been? Well, mate, I've been uh, on a lot of rugby camps for uh, youngsters over the over the Easter break, which has been absolutely frightful because children are horrible and they're a disgrace to be around and they're horrible and yeah, didn't really enjoy it at all. I got sunburnt on the first day um, <laughs> and then by the sort of second week, um, it was snowing and then it's just, you know, it's brought my skin out terribly. Um, I'm just having a bad time of it really. <laughs> but well, at least there's some form of rugby back, uh, which is nice. In all seriousness, it was actually uh, good to see loads and loads of kids. We've been sort of all around the southeast of England and seeing loads of kids coming back into rugby after a long time out, all really enthusiastic to get going again. So uh, good to see. Good stuff. Yeah, I've also been working with kids uh, the last four days. I've been on scout camp. Um, like, like you, it's been really nice to get, get the kids back. Dilly, dilly, uh, dilly. We've been dilly. Really, yeah, we've been getting uh, getting active and getting fires lit and axe skills done and things like that, all that good stuff. Uh, everybody's been really enthusiastic, so so that's been good. But it is it has been a long weekend, so I'm I'm feeling a bit knackered. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. How about yourself, Fids? Uh, yeah, well, I have to say that uh, am I allowed to say that I missed you last week because we didn't have a, have a pod. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was nice to have the week off um, and relax, recharge. Uh, Not do anything and, exciting then. Just uh, <laughs> bit of a boring uh, one. Yeah, well, you know me. Uh, no, just uh, well. In fact, uh, this weekend's the first I, I saw was able to see my family out in the garden for a sort of socially distanced get together for the first time since September of wow. 2020 so good on you so uh, that was nice um so yeah sort of feel that we're getting back to normality talk of crowds going back for other sports so I I'm hoping that the the light at the end of the tunnel is is getting ever closer so uh roll on freedom let's get into the action from this weekend then the week the teams have been uh, freshly rested. They've had a, a couple of weeks off. They've been able to rest up and get some energy back into their legs a bit more. Uh, so first game back this season, this round, sorry, this week was Cornish Pirates against Ealing Trailfinders at the Mene. Mene, Menai, I think it's Mene, but at the Mene. So, uh, Mene. Mene or Mene? Or Menai. I think no. I think I think you were corrected on the Menai. I think it's Menai, but is it Menai or Menai? I think it's Menai. I think it's Menai. Okay, Menai. Cornish Pirates fans, get in touch. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it's a genuine question. I used to hate it when people would say like a Lions Park. I used to hate that. <laughs> They've changed the name now, but do people call it, call it Stonks? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Stonks. Stonks. <laughs> Stonks. <laughs> Well, Cornish Pirates welcomed Ealing to the Mene, and uh, predictably, I think we can we can probably say, uh, unfortunately, didn't manage to win the game. Ealing continuing their their form that they've seen all all the beginning of the season. However, it was only thirty eight points to ten in Ealing's favour. So the first time that they've not scored fifty this season. So we're only Cornish Pirates. The next game was Jersey against Doncaster being played at Castle Park. Technically a Jersey home match, but being played at Castle Park. It finished Jersey 10, Doncaster 22. Hartbury then had played Nottingham at the Alpass Arena. It was a close one there. So 15-13, and I believe it was uh, just just nicked away at the end, was it? Yeah, it was. Sort of very last minute, the clock in the red. Nicked it, so Nottingham, uh, Nottingham not getting their first win. Disappointing for Nottingham there, yeah. All the hard work done just to lose it to the death. 
so then we had the headline game of the week, uh, not mostly because of all the players that came back from international duty and flooded into the Saracens team. Uh, Saracens against Bedford at the Stonex Stadium. Is that correct? Stonex Stadium? I, b- I believe it's Stonks. <laughs> I believe it's Stonks. <laughs> Stonks Stadium. <laughs> So Saracens, comfortable winners there, putting 54 points on Bedford to Bedford's 13. And then the last game of the weekend was Coventry 26, Amptill 15 at Butts Park Arena. So a quick look at the table. Ealing obviously top with five wins from five and five bonus points from five on 25 points. Doncaster still unbeaten. On 21 points, Saracens have moved up to third on 15. Cornish Pirates in fourth and Coventry in fifth, also on 15. Harpery RFC in sixth on nine points. Amptill in seventh with six points. Bedford also with six points in eighth. Jersey with four in ninth. Richmond with four in tenth. And Nottingham in 11th and last place with two points. So, let's look at the matches. First game then, Cornish Pirates against Ealing, 10-38. Well, the, the 38 points was sort of a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? I saw it first and raised my eyebrows at it and, you know, wow, you know, look at that. That's, that's very uncharacteristic of Ealing uh, of late. But they've still got the win, they've still got the bonus points, so you can't be too upset about that. But how will Elin feel about it? Will Elin be uh, okay with a sub-40 point, sub-50 point uh, performance? Uh, I, I don't know. I think they probably would on, on, a, on an away trip, quite a long away trip as well, yeah. to come away, yeah, to still, still score a decent number of points. I mean, how many tries is that? One, two, three, four, five, six tries... I'd only let in ten points in return. You'd be pretty. Uh, it'd be pretty disingenuous to be displeased with that. I think. Um, interestingly, from Ealing, it was still very close at half time. They're following this pattern of still being quite close at, at, at half time, with the first half being uh, go, going kind of either way. But then they just they just ratchet up in the second half, and they just tear away out of sight out of mind almost and uh, and just totally take it away from their opponents yeah I think I think that's fair to, a fair comment across many of their fixtures you look at the Coventry game that they had they were level at half time before pulling away and putting on the number of points that they did again here against Pirates it was only 12-10 at half time before they pulled away in the second half again um, so it, I think a question I mean Going to Sid's comment around would they be happy with a five-point bonus point win away at the Cornish Pirates? I think you would be. I think that's arguably their toughest fixture so far. Uh, If you look at some of the other results that have happened already this season in the Championship. So I think they'd have expected a bit more of a battle, which potentially they got. And I think as well a little bit of, of that power game enabled them to, to eke out that, that result and that bonus point. Shea Tucker was, was Simbin, the uh, Cornish Pirate centre. You know, just number of penalties given away and he was the next person to give one away. And there we, and it, it was, I think, just then a, a case of Ealing just finding their dominance again. And I think, I think what will be really interesting to see if there's a team in the league, you know, potentially Doncaster, who are still unbeaten, potentially Saracens when it comes to their fixture with Ealing. You know, I'm so looking forward in... to that. I'm so oh, looking yeah. forward to that. I mean, that's, that's box office, isn't it, really? But is there a team in the league that can compete with Ealing for 80 minutes? Because at the moment, teams seem to be competing for the first 40, and then Ealing, Ealing seems to, to go away with it. So I don't know whether that's down to conditioning or training or whether Ealing's players are so much fitter than everyone else in the league. But it, it seems that teams compete so well with them for 40 minutes and keep them at bay and then just lose lose all their energy. Yeah, that is something that we mentioned uh, on the round four episode, wasn't it? Um, there's just a difference between those higher performing teams, you know, down the stretch for the 80 minutes. Um, and it makes you kind of think how, you know, I, I immediately said how are Elian feeling about it, but how are Cornish Pirates feeling about that? Um, they've obviously put in a, a comparatively good performance by 
keeping the almighty Elian Trail Finders to a mere 38 points. And, you know, they've got 10 points of their own. Uh, but they're, at the moment, they're just sort of outside of that big three with Saracens and Elian and then Doncaster being um, undefeated. It just seems all a lot tighter um, from that number four spot on the table downward. You know, that seems to be the group that they're finding themselves in. They might feel a little bit hard done by with that because they've kept every, kept all their games pretty close and they've uh, performed pretty well. So, yeah, they'll be disappointed. But, yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe that's the difference, the the ability to carry on that high performance through 80 minutes. I, I'll def- I totally agree, Charles. It'll be really interesting to see if anyone, probably Saracens, but if anybody else is, is able to to really peg them back and give them a, a tight game this season. Obviously, we've only got five more rounds left. So half the teams have been given a crack. The other half is still to still to come. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting. I think it's quite clear. I think it's probably safe to say with half the season gone that Ealing will be there in the top two. If you look at the table, so I mean, the, the table is ridiculous. So they've played 5-1-5, five, five, as you've already said, Jamie, and they've picked up the five try bonus points for you know winning their games by scoring lots of points. So their four column at the moment, 274 points they've scored After in five, five games. games. <laughs> and they've only conceded 57. So their points difference at the moment is 217. I mean, that's, that's crazy even numbers, more than double what Saracens are the next best with their points difference of 94. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. So in terms of points and being caught, I don't think they will. Um, obviously, they picked up 25 from a maximum of 25. And I know you've got Doncaster in there on 21 points. But if you look at Saracens, for example, so I think Ealing would probably earmark Saracens as their biggest competitor. I know Saracens have only played a game less, but they're only on 15 points. They're a massive 10 points behind. Yeah. And I think that Ealing have got a bit of a cushion. So I, I, I'd fully expect Ealing now to be in the final. OK, let's look at Jersey against Doncaster then. So... Just a reminder, it was 10 points to 22 in Doncaster's favour. Uh, unbeaten streak continues. They are seemingly the the dark horse. We, we, we're not really giving Doncaster the same fanfare that we're giving Ealing, but they're doing a pretty, pretty bang-up job, aren't they? They're still unbeaten. OK, not all of their wins have come with tri-bonus points, but... They're just kind of quietly going about their business and and really potentially throwing a spanner in the works for for the likes of Ealing and, and Saracens who who would want to expect to be in that final. So Doncaster, dark horse. Absolutely. Um, they've got they've got Saracens their next match. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So the next round they've got Saracens and that'll be that'll be really telling and obviously. You know, will will they be able to keep hold of that unbeaten run? You know, it's, it seems very likely. But I did see in a post match interview with uh, Steve Bowden that he said you can either look at Saracens and look really closely at them and see what they do, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna look inwardly. They've been doing really well so far, and they're just gonna look at what they're doing really well, what they can improve on, and and work on that. And I think that's the best possible thing that they can do. I said uh, a week or two ago, you know, or round or two ago, um, that they've got the, the best playing style uh, in the championship, it seems at the moment. I just, I think the way they play is is perfect for the championship and to go out and, and dominate it. So that's it. They just need to keep, keep with their game plan because it's clearly working um, and try to execute it the best they possibly can. Why? Why would they need to change it if uh, they're coming up against against Saracens? You, you know, they're, they're five from five. I think. I think it's a great point. I think they've got a very balanced squad. I think they've got, you know, there's a, there's a strong core. There. There's a lot of guys within the Doncaster squad that have played five games, um, and a sort of ever presence, if you will. Um, and I think they've got some serious serious talent and experience there, not just sort of. The young guys coming through, but they've also got some of those more experienced lads. You, I mean, you look at the captain, Bomber Hislop, had time at Saracens um, on loan, so he's got some prem experience. You've got people like Matt Challoner, who's been around for for what maybe 
years and years, but he brings that sort of gnarly edge to, to their pack. You know, you've got obviously John Kelly after our remix last week. Just a little sidebar, did anybody come up with any uh, any other championship theme songs? I thought that we were leaving that to the socials. But... <laughs> oh, OK, we'll get on that. Sid's we'll not been across that. the socials over the last, <laughs> last week or so. so but, then, <laughs> but then back to... Back to the the chat. So we've we've got like the you know this forward pack that got some experience there. You've got some prem experience, but then you've balanced that with some of the attacking players that they've got. You know Sam Olver seems to be pulling the strings, and I, I likened him and his style to to that of Toby Flood. I think in round one or round two, and he seems to really be pulling the strings. He just nails everything, doesn't he, Sam Olver? Brilliant at finding a gap. I just love the way that he tacks the line and, and yeah. delivers the ball so late. It just holds that defensive line of of teams and creates a space for you know the players around him. And you know when you've got wingers like Jack Spittle and Carl Evans, you know you've got guys that are going to finish opportunities off for you. Both yeah. of them are, are now on three tries Super for the stars. season. Yeah, and that makes a, a world of difference. You know if 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 you know that you're your 10 is, is going to be putting you into a gap and then you can then go and finish it off. I think I think it's um, a season that's beginning to build really nicely for Doncaster. I think their first few games were ground out. The results were by a couple of points. It was close, but you know the last few weeks they've, I think, made a bit of a statement, as Sid said. So um, they're a real outside bet and a good bet to potentially topple Ealing or Saracens. Well, I guess we'll find out next week, won't we? It'll be a good test next week. Good match to watch. Good they seem to be playing to a good style of rugby that suits them and, and they've got a game plan that, that works. So, good luck to them. Good luck to them. Yeah. Just for the uh, just for the record, I got Mark McCall Me Maybe by Carly Alex Ray Jepsen. So, uh, God. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's, that's the kind of level that people have got to beat. It's, it's, not, uh. it's not a high bar, let's be honest. It's not a high bar. <laughs> A word on Jersey then. I, I do feel f- sorry for Jersey. They're, they're being lumped with all this travel and Harvey Biljohn has said that it is having a, taken a bit of a toll. And yeah, it's, it's a really tough one for them. And I think they've, they've, they've just got to weather the storm this season, really. Um, hopefully next season will be a bit better and that it will be a bit more of a level playing field in in the travel respect. A little bit of a shame for them to go straight into a into a rest week off the back of their first win, so they didn't get to continue that, that consistency. Mm. I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Jersey. I, I do feel for them, and I do hope they uh, they pick up a couple more wins in the remainder of the season. Tough next fixture, though. Go on. Away at Ealing. <laughs> OK. So it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> For poor old Jersey. Stop it! He's already dead. <laughs> yeah. Won't somebody think of the children? <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I agree with you, Jane. It must be awful having to go through all these protocols and have to do all this travelling, and you know. Harvey was saying that when they get back, get tested immediately off the plane, and then isolate, and then get tested the day after, and so it really eats into their training time. It's quite a a heavy regime for them and lots of things that they've got to observe because of this travel and yeah it's it, it is a bit of a shame for them but I, I do hope their season they're they're fairly happy with the way their season goes when it comes to comes to the end well big up to the lads at Jersey for you know committing to complete the season with with everything that is going on in this world um, and you know full kudos to that and they're, they're making it work so I think if we could all, you know, if we could all get to Jersey and go and support them when this this is all over, then let's do it. Time off. An interesting next fixture then. Harpery fifteen, Nottingham thirteen. Just stolen out of the 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 jaws of victory for Nottingham. Almost their first win of the season, and you you do you have to feel a bit gutted for them, really, don't you? Yeah, tough season. Um... Uh, a tough week with the announcement that Neil Folks, the head coach, is uh, going to be leaving at the end of the season. He's been there for donkeys, hasn't he? Yeah, thirty odd years. I mean, he was uh, his playing career was basically all at Nottingham, and then he moved into a coaching role and and has been doing that alongside some part time work at Wasps as their scrum coach, I believe. But um, despite it being a tough season so far, I think they'll be much happier 
with the performance, despite the result, they were they've actually, for large portions of the game against Hartbury, were in the lead and and seemed to have the game sort of in control. Well, it was it was thirteen eight at uh, no sorry thirteen ten on eighty minutes. So you'd expect to to see the game out at that point. Yeah, and, you know, we we've talked maybe about Nottingham not particularly having too much sort of front foot attacking options, and they've scored the majority of their tries through forwards, but two backs got their tries this week, so there seems to be um, a mind, mindset change maybe. Uh, they, they may be trying a few more things sort of from an attack sense to uh, get their points, but then ill-discipline cost them in the end with the con- conceding of a penalty which was kicked to the corner and then bundled over. Hopefully it's all coming all it's coming together nicely and uh we'll see them see them get a win next week or who who's their next fi- uh fixture? Cornish Pirates. Oh, a tough one. Another tough one. So, no easy games in the championship, no, it's it's a very no, unforgiving league. They really aren't, they really aren't. <laughs> I mean the the number of times we're saying that week in, week out, it's uh really isn't an easy league at all. It would be nice to see them have it all finally come together and for it to to work out and to get get that first win, definitely. You don't like to see teams really floundering away at the bottom. You'd like it to be competitive. Yeah, that's I think Nottingham you know, they're obviously gonna be heartbroken, but um with a result like that where they snatch it at the last second, I think we mentioned it again a couple of weeks ago, where it's just the sort of game where if there was a thirty second difference in play at the end, they'd have been going, you know, going home that night thinking, "Car, yeah, we done well today. Happy days, we've got the win." But you know, thirty seconds or one play or however you want to think about it, just changes the story completely. And we are, you know, very close to having that situation with the upsets at the beginning of the season with you know Cornish Pirates and Saracens and stuff like that. We're very close to having a situation where this team is beating this team which has beaten this team, which has beaten this team, which it kind of means that uh, anyone can beat anyone <laughs> um, in terms of, you know, results so far. But yeah, so Nottingham will take something from that. It was one play uh, that made all the difference. But ultimately, 10-game season, very short, sharp, uh, you know, season for points and for table positions. That makes all the difference. Hartbury then, uh, on the other side of that fixture... Hartbury's an interesting case because my impression of them was that it's been a really mixed bag for them this season, that they've had some really good highs, but um, a, a pretty big low, um, and, and just not not quite there, but they they were performing. But I'm just looking back at their, at their scores from the season, and actually, other than the initial win over Richmond, there's not been too much to shout about, has there? Um, there is, there's just been a, a series of, of defeats since then and counterintuitively I was thinking that they were they were doing better than that and this was a, 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 a bum result well this is it I think that as as we say this uh, you know this sort of league setup it's hard to really glean any any sort of idea of, of performance and see the reflections of people's performance just by the wins, wins and losses columns these some of these games have just been so some of them are lovely and free flowing and with plenty of wide attack and 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 stuff like that and and back and forth end to end rugby but you know this one was a was a really scruffy match you know there was a lot of a lot of tough battles fought throughout it you know even that last play it was um it was a drive from a line out in the corner but just a few um minutes before Harper had the same thing and it was completely butchered so, you know, when we look back on it at the end of the season, they'll say, oh, yeah, win for that game, that's that. But how close they were to to messing it all up. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We maybe can't get a, a fair reflection on the standards that these boys are setting just by looking back. Yeah, at the I'm just thinking I'm, I'm just thinking back to when I watched them against Doncaster and they there were some really good moments and things were were working at times but then at others it wasn't quite clicking and I think I think we're yet to see a complete performance from Hartbury this season I, I don't think that's happened even in the Richmond game uh, it would have been the first game back so yeah 
was that symptomatic? Do you think of the of like the time? Did it did the standard of play degrade over time, or was it just constantly up and down and up and down and highs and lows throughout? What the Doncaster game? Yeah, I I think it was pretty up and down throughout. That it was it was quite a, it was an entertaining match. It was end to end, but um, it it did seem to go up and down, and the accuracy wasn't quite there. Sometimes passes weren't going to hand, and an intriguing case for me, Harpery. Yeah, I, I I can understand what, where you're coming from with regard to Hartbury, but for me, I think you know can't really say that they've not had a season where they've they've done things well. I mean, Ben Foley's top of the try scoring charts. This Hartbury, is true. He's he's there with with five, the top with Rain Smith, the uh, Ealing number eight. Angus so, Kernahan must be getting he, close. He's he's the only chap that's got a hat trick this season. Is Ben Foley? You know, so there are things that they've done well already. You know, I just think. Potentially, when it's come to you know needing to be that little bit more clinical, they have haven't quite got themselves in a position to to take those opportunities. You know whether it's I don't know technical level of the player, whether it's uh, the, the the tactics plan. You know whatever it is, it just seems to be that it's just not quite they've not quite got there. Um, but you know if you take take this weekend's game for example, that you know two minutes earlier. That exactly the same thing happened. Nottingham conceded a penalty. Harper kicked to the corner, went to drive the line out, and knocked the ball on. You know, so it then took took a little bit of courage. You know, to to do to turn around and say, do you know what? Could could kick the points here and and we take a draw, but actually we want to go for it. And fair play to them. It, it when it mattered, they pulled it off. So I don't. I think they'll be disappointed, like you say, Jamie. It's been a bit of a up and down season. You know, started well, then three losses. Now, now back up with this one. But I don't think it's as disastrous as has been made out to be. Time on our headline game then. Saracens fifty-four, Bedford Blues thirteen. Headline for all the obvious reasons. Nine returning or nine internationals in the uh, in the Saracens squad. I think it was um, just crazy. Uh, you just felt sorry for Bedford on the on the team announcement there, didn't you? You looked at that and went, "Oh wow, <laughs> okay." Happens oh, to be didn't. their week. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, of course no, you well, didn't. No, of course I didn't. Yes, I am a Saracens fan, but imagine being a Bedford player and you're like. I've now got the opportunity to go to a premiership ground and play against the best players in the country. Like what an opportunity. Like how amazing is that that they've been an, due to the the situation at Saracen that these players have been afforded that that opportunity to to play against them. Like how amazing to go to Stonex or Stonks stadium. <laughs> And actually play Saracens almost at full strength. You know, we didn't have... There was no Owen Farrell playing and there's a few other players missing. You know, Nick Tompkins has only just come back from his loan over in Wales. You know, but you, practically full strength. And you just think, yeah, I'm I've, I'm playing against these boys. You know, yes, the result didn't go well for them. But think about all that... It would have been a great experience. You can take from that. And, you know, Bedford are, you know, quite a young side and that... Yes, they got beaten quite heavily today, but surely that will enable them to sort of go forward and be like, actually, we learned so much from that experience that we can take that forward and put try and put things maybe into our game. So I, uh, for Definitely. me, I think it's great that these players are playing in the championship and it's a great advert for the rugby pyramid, as we've talked about before. But also, I think it was a great opportunity for the Bedford players to to play with this calibre of, of player, which they probably wouldn't do unless they play Ealing. You know? And I don't think they played badly at all. No. You know? Picked up a nice try. It was a nice break from Ollie Newman and he set up Pat Tapley to, to dot it down. So I don't think they, they played poorly at all. I'm sure, I'm sure Sid can attest to that. Yeah, OK, so I, I agree entirely with that. I agree with, you, with your first point of some of those boys will be thinking, God, what an opportunity to, you know, come to the stadium where there's been so many big matches against so many big teams, um, play against these players that have, you know, however many of them are World Cup finalists. Even, you know, your lower bench players, you had more uh, internationals there. Tim Swinson ended up playing in uh, place of Callum Hunter-Hill. So you've got Scott, I think Scotland caps there. Jakob Venter even, Namibian international. 
But anyway, the the chat with like the commentators, um, they were saying Saracen's objective will surely be to keep them from st- uh, scoring a try. You know, keep that clean sheet in terms of tries. They gave one away, given away a couple of kicks fairly early on. But Bedford still managed to get past them, which was, you know, great for Bedford. They're going to be dead pleased with that. So, yeah, that, that was really good to see as well. Really good aggression in attack. They've done well, obviously. It's always going to be tough against the Saracens' defence. They're, they're famed for that, that level of defence. And that's before we even get on to the, the Saracens' attack. The, way, the big thing that I took away from the, the Saracens' sort of style of play with that group it was it was just like you were watching that two thousand and you know seventeen eighteen group again when when they started to build momentum they really started to build momentum everything and the same in attack the more and more phases that they defended the better and better the defense got it was like a like a bike going downhill and picking up speed if there was an offload from one superstar it went to the next player and there was another offload to another superstar and the final person you've got it taken in you know happens to be you know marrow full pelt or whatever and it was great to watch it was the realization of all of the championship fans you know us wanting to see that ridiculous Saracen side playing in the championship and that's what it was it's been great seeing all those young boys um that are not playing for England and having those more competitive matches in the championship but the novel factor of having all those superstars there it was something to behold and it was great it was great to watch can I be slightly controversial here you go for it mate with that in mind that it's great to see all these internationals play what I'm going to talk about is Billy Vanapola. Mm. He obviously picked up two tries again. And my my question to you as the forum, and also to our, our wonderful audience on our social media platforms, does playing well in the championship get Billy Vanapola on the Lions tour? Tricky one. <laughs> okay, so these are the considerations that that I'm sure is going through everyone's head and it has been you know, since before the Six Nations or whatever. Billy in the lead up to... The Six Nations, I don't think, was on form. Billy in the Six Nations, I don't think, was on form. Started to find some spells of, of of top play, but not to the same level that we'd seen of him before. And then the big question is, even if he does regain form in the Championship, do you take into account the previous time? So up until now, when he's off form, they have been in, taken into account previous you know what he's capable of you know the potential that he can reach and that's why you put him in the shirt he's not in form so you wait for that to happen but then now we're looking into the future with Lions the question being does good form in the championship warrant a spot on the Lions tour I would say yes absolutely if you can play to the best of your abilities it doesn't matter what league you're in you know what that's the that's the competition I think, you know, people will say, you know, it only looked good because they're in another league. If you go and play South Africa in the national side, then it's a whole other story. But if whatever your points of comparison are, you know, whatever your measurements, whatever your yardsticks are, are the same for Billy Vunipola's performance. If he's reached the performance level where he was at a few years ago, then yeah, absolutely. I don't think it matters that he's playing in the championship. I think that that would get him a spot on the plane. Jamie? I'd pro- I would probably agree with that. I think so long as he's still got the same game awareness, levels of sharpness, accuracy with the things that he's doing, it doesn't really matter if it's against what might be perceived to be weaker opposition than the Premiership guys. Um, I, th- I think you, there are two different questions there. One, is Billy playing well? And two, is a Championship opposition enough to, to demonstrate that? And I say, yes, a Championship opposition is enough to demonstrate that. But... Whether he's playing well or not, I'm not so sure. So uh, so that remains to be seen. What's your opinion, Fids? My opinion is no. Oh! I don't... Yeah, I, I. if I was Warren Gatland, I wouldn't be picking him. I just feel that he was poor heading into the Six Nations. I think even in the Trailfinders Cup in pre-season, you know, Ealing kept him very quiet. He then didn't have a great start to the Six Nations but I do agree there were glimpses of the old Billy the longer the tournament went on you know and I think having a pre-season with England has helped him in terms of his sharpness now and you know I think he looked back almost back to his best today against Bedford 
but I don't think that'll be enough to convince Warren that he's one of the best eights out there. I just don't think the level he's at right now and the level at which the championship is, is going to be enough for him to just tip himself into that sort of position of, of you know, squad member. I just don't think so. If if Saracens were playing Premiership and it's week in, week out, maybe he might make it. But I just just don't think he will this time round. Last game of the week then. So Coventry beating Amstel 26 points to 15 at home. Uh, what did you make of that, Charles? Uh, what I made of it was uh, what a brilliant advert for championship rugby a topsy-turvy affair that could have gone either way do you you know what Sid I think I think we could do I think we could do bingo for Charles every week I think he said an advert for championship rugby good advert for championship rugby every single episode (laughs) we'll have to listen back (laughs) loves a cliche okay well I'll start again then what do I think of the game I think it was very enjoyable I think both teams could have won it Coventry obviously ended up taking the four-try bonus point win. But I think it was a game that Amptill will probably look back at and be slightly disappointed that they've not come away with um, a little bit more. Especially coming off the back of their bye week as well. So they've had an extra extra week compared to everyone else. Three weeks. But equally, like we've said before, three weeks off, you can lose match sharpness, can't you? Well, exactly. And I think that's ultimately caused the downfall um, of Amptill. This afternoon, uh, I think Coventry are very, as we've seen, they're a very uh, well-drilled, well-coached uh, operation. And I think just towards the end of the game, they, they were able to pull away a little bit more. Um, and they just took their, their opportunities um, and picked up four tries. Nice five-point win. And I think they'll be very happy with that. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for Amtil. Like that, that long layoff was quite inconveniently placed. And having been there a couple of times uh, to report on some of their matches last season I, I thought they were doing really well they were really like above where everybody was expecting them to be I think they finished when the season got cancelled mid-season they were they were fifth in the table over halfway gone and and they were really doing well so it's it's a shame to see them not able to kick on from that uh, to be honest but I, I think there's going to be all kinds of things like that in uh in this weird season for for all kinds of different teams. I yeah, I I agree with that completely. You look you, I'm just looking at the table and you're thinking right kind of mid-table clash there Coventry have found, you know, after that match have found themselves in 5th with Amptill in 7th. But you look at that mid-table battle between those few teams and Amptill have got one win and but, but Coventry have got one more game played and you feel like Amtil having a really tough time of it, they're, and sit, they're sitting there in seventh, and and Coventry are up there, you know, contesting uh, Cornish Pirates. But I think there's going to be a lot of movement around that. You know, I think Amtil are over the worst of their slump with the with the layoff and their awkward week and the rest week and blah blah blah. But yeah, I just think there's going to be a lot of movement around that table, and they've just got to really kick on in this um, in this second half of the season and start to build a bit of momentum I know that's very sort of non-tangible stuff that we're talking about and it's all in all in theory but <laughs> but yeah I think that there's going to be a lot of shaking and moving around in that in that mid-table pack haven't Amtil got a tough run in for the end of the season the second half of the season mm, I imagine they would actually have they played Saracens uh, no so they've still got Saracens have they still got Ealing I can tell you so oh. their next game is Hartbury at home okay they're then away at the Cornish Pirates Oh, okay. Home against Jersey. Yeah. Then I've got Saracens away, Richmond at home, and finish with a trip to Bedford. Okay. Mm, it's not. It's there's no <laughs> no easy game. But there's no easy run there, is there? They've got no. They've not got like. Oh yeah, we'll win that one. That one. There's and that no path one. of least resistance. Is yeah. There, building up to a bigger match. It's no. Kind of, not at all. You're flitting around between. The mid-table teams, as at at the moment, to to your top teams, 
up at towards the yeah. top of the table, back down yeah. again towards the bottom, back up to the mid table. Yeah, I can't see him putting together a win streak of you know anything more than two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they've just got a challenge every time. I, I think I think I agree. I think they're unlikely to to do that. I think the talent is there, but there's not a. Um, series of games that you can picture as them targeting and going right okay these these are the mm. ones obviously yeah. you go out to win every game but if being realistic and going right these are the games we yeah. think we should be winning there's yeah. not too many of them all in a row however at least they are now into the season you've got past the bye week got past the easter rest you know they're now going through to the end of the season so potentially can build towards the derby at the end of the season that's probably a game they want mm. to win um, I think they'll probably try and target next week against Hartbury and then the Jersey game two weeks after that and then maybe Richmond. So you're potentially p- picking up four four wins there, which would, would be a good return, uh, I think, in the remaining six rounds or six fixtures that, that Amtil have. Yeah, I, if, they could, if they could win four, then that would be an amazing result for them. I, I don't see it happening, but it, it, it would be great. So let's preview round six. Well, let's cover off how we all did in our previous previews, shall we? I don't quite I don't think I did very well at all. I think maybe one Well, one let's, fixture let's have a look. So first fixture, Charles said Ealing. Jamie said Ealing. Sid said Ealing. Yes, well done, boys. Second, Charles said Jersey. No. We said Doncaster, though. So, uh, so that's all good. Hey, Donny of the Donny of the team to beat. Charles and I said Hartbury, so that was correct. Sid, not so lucky. Come on, Nottingham. And then Saracen, Saracen, Saracens, Coventry, Coventry, Coventry. So, oh, get in. Only gone and got a full house, haven't I? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. You've both got four. You've both got four oh, apiece. Man. So you had a good That's week. We're fun though, and. You're a bit boring. You did You did have a good week. <laughs> I was really willing Nottingham to get it, and they were actually so close. You did have a good week, but you just... I, I think I, I've won every week so far. You're just not touching me in terms of predictions. This is... All uh, right, yeah. all right. It changes now. Yeah. It changes now. All right, let's do it then. So, Prue, let's, uh, let's have you back that statement up, Charles. All right, I will. Who have we got? So... Ealing against Jersey. Ealing. Yeah, Ealing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Ealing as well. Bedford against Richmond. Richmond. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. That is interesting. Qualify it, why? Um, I think following their sort of positive result, um, not last week, because obviously they were smashed by Saracens, weren't they? Um, I just think they were building something... Um, played sort of quite well against the Pirates, backed that up the following week um, against Jersey. And I just think they're building something. I just think performances there are, are building. I know Saracens did beat them, but it wasn't as convincing as a Saracens win as we thought. I think Richmond did play better, and I just fancy them to sneak it. Okay. Sid? Uh, I'm going to go for Bedford. Having a good look at how they played today against Saracens. Um, as I said, they attack with such ferocity, such aggression, and they do so well in uh, broken play. Um, you know, if they can combine that and then pull off some some decent set pieces as well, they're you know they're dangerous. Um, them being the home side, they'll be playing confidently, um, and I like to see. That style of play. Um, they score sixty percent of their tries from within their own twenty-two. Great stat. Great stat. <laughs> Love I'm that. Ju- I'm joking. I just heard that. I don't know whether that's like this or this season or past couple of seasons, whatever. Anyway, but that's the kind Counter of rugby that I want to see. So go Bedford. Interesting. I'm also going to go for Bedford. Next one is Nottingham at home against Cornish Pirates. 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 Yeah, I don't think you can uh, discount Pirates for that one. So I'm going to go Pirates as well. I'm really tempted to go for Nottingham. Do it. Just to, to make it a bit spicy and kind of in an yeah, optimistic sense. If my head, if, if I listen to my head, then it's telling me I've got to go Cornish Pirates if I want to continue absolutely smashing you two in the prediction competition. But 
Well, mate, yeah, this is it. You've got the you've got the points difference now. You've got the, you can make that risky play, and you're the one who's who's apparently being the decider for all this wonder, sort of stuff. You're the I oracle. Wonder why you're, Give it to Nottingham. I wonder why. Then Nottingham you're will win it. Pointing me towards, encouraging me towards that. <laughs> It's got the biggest. It's got the biggest sundial in Europe. Come on! I'm going to go for Nottingham. I'm going to go for Nottingham. <laughs> yeah. I... We'll all go down the down the Robin Hood yeah. pub. We'll see Fingers little... crossed. <laughs> this is the week it all comes together for them. Well, like we've been saying, they've been building. They're coming yeah. together. I'm going go to go good on you. So uh, quickly then, Ampthill Hartbury. Hartbury cool as well. Um, yeah, I kind of want to say Hartbury as well, but that'd be boring. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna say Amtil at home. They can, uh, they can put something together, get out on their uh, muddy path up to their pitches, <laughs> and um, yeah, get a win over Hartbury. Okay, I'm gonna go Hartbury. I think, even though it's it's been a bit up and down for them this season, I, I, from what I've seen of them so far. I, I think there's an X factor there that probably will win this one as a bit of a, a mid table clash. Um there's just there's just that little bit of distance. So this is the interesting one. Doncaster Knights against Saracens. I think Saracens will win it. Yeah, think or hope. You massive Saffer. <laughs> uh I I also think um Saracens will win it. However, I I'm looking forward to seeing the Doncaster performance. I hope they stick to their guns and play their own style. Uh, I hope they don't try anything different against Saracens, even if they do come out with a loss. I think they just need to stick to what they're doing, do it well, and um, they'll carry that extra extra week of momentum in terms of executing their own plays into the rest of the of the league and um, into the rest of their fixtures and, and I think it will be beneficial for them so even if they do get um, the first loss of their season I, I really hope they put in a solid performance I'm going to go for Saracens as well although I do have my fingers crossed that Doncaster are going to get take the win and uh, and create some some interesting headlines just for the story I want them to win so yeah alright that's good uh, big up Castle Park as well for hosting England's game in the Women's Six Nations as well this week. Uh, so all the staff there working hard. Good on yours. Looked really good. All the uh, Women's Six Nations you can obviously watch on the BBC. So get behind that. We're all about promoting rugby at every level, aren't we? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, good on you. Last play. All right then, Sid, it's last playtime. What have you got for us? Well, I'll tell you what we've got this week. I was uh, watching some of the games uh, this weekend and it's uh, fun to see how people take... (laughs) I don't know whether they're taking liberties or just doing the best they can in terms of promoting their uh, corporate sponsors with their teams. I was thinking it's funny how they got these little banners that take up half the screen and all that sort of stuff, but hey... It's good of these businesses to be uh, supporting the teams. And then uh, I was having a little giggle at the <laughs> funny uh, local businesses that chip in and help their rugby teams and tried to find uh, the most pedestrian <laughs> um, businesses that I possibly could that choose to get behind their local sports clubs. So I'm going to tell you guys some uh, some of the businesses that I came across, maybe they're not title sponsors. Maybe they're just sort of, uh, you know, like panel panel sponsors. Um, they might even be player sponsors. Um, so you get, you get real small by then, real local. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you some uh, of the businesses and you're going to, I'm going to give you an A, B and C option and I'm going to, and you're going to tell me uh, which club they're associated with. Lovely. Okay, fairly yeah. straightforward. Okay, anyone want to go first? Just to recap, refresh my memory. Are we are we two apiece on Sid's last play at the moment? Are you two are you two all? I think we're two all. Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Alright, so you're two two. Uh Jamie, heads or tails? Tails. Tails. It is tails. Would you like to go first? Tails never fails. Tails never fails, you're right. Would you like to go first or second? I will go first. Oh, okay. Ooh, cool. All right, all right. Uh, pressure's on, you see. How many questions? Fiddler. Okay, we've got eight questions and a tiebreaker if required. Because we know these are I won't be required, Sid. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, number Are you one. Are admi- admitting defeat already, Charles? <laughs> oh, the trash talk's unbelievable. <laughs> number one. Grillville, the independent family-run restaurant serving higher quality and fresh and delicious food prepared using locally sourced ingredients. On the website, it invited me to uh, look at some of the testimonials and reviews. I certainly did. I found this one from Lee Thompson. Nothing stands out, but it's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Grillville... (laughs) Is Grillville... Oh, Jamie's got his... (laughs) Off the <laughs> We've lost Jamie. We've lost Jamie. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> As I said, very pedestrian, these businesses. Uh, it's Grillville sponsoring Ealing Trail Finders, uh, Nottingham Rugby or Richmond FC. A, Ealing, B, Nottingham or C, Richmond. Jamie? Uh, I'm going to say Richmond. Richmond. And Fiddler? Oh, I was going to say that, but for the sake of competition, I will not say Richmond. And I will say... Ealing. Lucky you, Fiddler. Ealing is where you will find Grillville. I will admit, look, Grillville, hey, I only found like that one particularly bad review. Um, And they did go back to it saying, thank you for your opinion, Lee Thompson. Uh, And they left it at that. Other than that, (laughs) I'd like to go. Lots of five stars. So, Fiddler, you'll be going first on this one. I'm going to say nothing more about this business other than the the name of the firm, Avit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Avit. <laughs> Avit. Apostrophe. Uh. Apostrophe. A-V. It. Avit. Do they sponsor Ampetil, Coventry or Nottingham? Coventry. Jamie? Ampetil. Avit, the professional video and photography service, uh, are partnered with Nottingham Rugby. Ooh, so no points there. No points. No points. I'm still winning. Though. Number three. This one's a player sponsor. So a player so sponsor. I want to know. I want to. <laughs> I want to know which uh, which club uh, this is. A, this is attached to the Bees Knees Pub. It's called the Bees Knees. Uh, you will find live jazz on the first Sunday of every month. Um, on the reviews, five stars. Best fish and chips I've had for ages. From Russ, that was left three weeks ago. We are in the height of lockdown. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. Good. Good takeaway yeah, option. Uh, pff, let's. I assume live jazz looks good. Anyway, the Bees Knees Pub. So that's me. What were the options? Uh yes. Um, a Jersey, B Cornish Pirates, or C Doncaster. Cornish Pirates. Cornish Pirates. Fiddler. Jersey. Jamie's on the scoreboard. Wait. No, actually, you're wrong. Nope, nope, you're wrong. Oh. Uh, it's Doncaster Knights. The Bees what? Knees. Oh, for God's sake. The Bees Knees pub. The Bees Knees pub. Sorry, that was genuine. I honestly, honestly I got cock. it wrong. I got it wrong. Honestly, I've, I've mixed them up. Still the Bees Knees pub sponsor Howard Packman from the Doncaster Knights. <laughs> so still 1-0 at Fiddler. Number four, Andy Lou's. Andy Lou's as in toilets, um, much in the same way that you'd save someone in your phone as John Plummer or Dave <laughs> Sparky. Um, <laughs> Sid, drop dog coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. he's just taken that upon him and then and then called his business Andy Lou's. Does he sponsor uh, A, Hartbury, uh, B, Cornish Pirates or C, Bedford Blues? Hartbury. I'm going to say Hartbury as well. Both thinking Hartbury. You are both wrong. That one was Cornish Pirates, so you're still zero. Okay. <laughs> so it's still just one nil to Fiddler. So still all to play Lovely. for. Um, still winning. I, I read. I read something actually the other day. Right when you save someone in your phone, right as John Plummer. Um, that's actually how most English surnames actually came about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you not know this? Like, like Smith came from blacksmith. Yeah, and Fletcher is arrows and all sorts of things like that. Yeah. I wonder what my ancestors were doing then. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, man. Good I was just thinking I'm probably going to have to cut that bit out yeah. in the edit, but I'm not sure I can. <laughs> I'm not sure I can, though. Uh, oh. Very good. Right, a shift of gears. Um, far less pedestrian in terms of uh, business stature. This club have a... Uh, a corporate sponsorship with the Cayman Islands. Not 
Not Can't a business see. within the Cayman Islands. The whole of the Cayman Islands <laughs> sponsor this one club. Um, whilst I'm sure it's a lovely tourist destination, I haven't been myself. Um, I, I am aware there is some, some um, tax havenry. So I'm sure the uh, the London clubs with some people from the city may be involved. They might be interested. So we'll put this one down to A, Saracens, B, Ealing, C, Richmond. Uh, Richmond. Richmond, Fiddler? Saris. So Ealing Trailfinders, who are named after a big travel agency. A travel, big travel company. company. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, are not associated with the Cayman Islands, but Richmond are. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> so On the well scoreboard done, for real. Yeah, there you go. 1-1. One, 1-0. One. One After five. Um, come with three back. to play. So, Richmond, get your, get your tour into the Cayman Islands. Um, number six, bringing, this, bringing us right back down to earth, the Comfort Home Care Mobility Store. Do they sponsor Amptill, Coventry or Bedford? Amptill. Coventry. Jamie's nicked it. Yeah. He's in the I, league. Two do you know what? Do you know what? I think I've seen You know one. it, didn't you? I knew you'd know it. I nicked yeah. it. He, he, oh, he's he a customer. It. That's why yeah. he's a customer. Been there before, he's got been a pair there of before. shoes on right now. Just, You've got yeah, the posies on. Yeah. Never, I've never seen him tie his own shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Um, much like Andy Lou's, a firm that uh, does, does exactly what it says on the tin, uh, rice Thai, authentic Thai cuisine. Is it A, Bedford Blues, B, Hartbury University RFC, or C, Jersey Reds? Hartbury. I'm going to say Jersey. Well, I can tell you that Rice Thai, uh, authentic Thai cuisine are award winners. They were awarded the most authentic Thai dining experience in Bedfordshire. Oh. So you've both got nothing there. Uh. But, you know, good on you, Rice Thai. I did go through the reviews for that as well. I found um, a lady whose 73-year-old husband had never had a takeaway in his life, so I had it for his birthday and got it from rice tie. It was great, but there was a bit of condensation on the plastic wrapping. But hey, <laughs> I'm sure it was a big day for him. Right, two one down, I've got equalised. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, two one down. Fiddler, this is your it. last opportunity. So we're going to shift the gears back up. Hemingway's Kenya. The collection represents the definitive portfolio of luxury boutique hotels in Kenya. Are Hemingway's associated with Cornish Pirates, Doncaster Knights or Ealing Trailfinders? Cornish Pirates. I'm going to go with Ealing Trailfinders with that travel Ealing Trailfinders. Okay. Believe it or not, Charles Fiddler, they are sponsors of Cornish Pirates. No. (laughs) Tiebreaker. Um, Fiddler, we need you to be a little bit more jubilant out loud, please. You can't just you can't just oh, pump yeah, your fists. <laughs> we need a little hurrah. From... <laughs> that actually leaves it to two two. I did not expect it. Okay, what we'll do is uh, I have I have um, one more firm, and because Jamie won the toss and opted to go first on this one, we'll give Fiddler the opportunity to guess first here. I'll give you the firm, and then I'm not going to give you an A, B, and C. You just need to pick clubs and the first one to get the club will go back and forth will will win the point and win the round okay so roseworthy farms butchers i'm gonna say i don't really know why but doncaster knights it's not doncaster knights coventry coventry incorrect fiddler richmond richmond is incorrect jamie nottingham nottingham is incorrect fiddler Amptil. Amptil is incorrect, Jamie. Cornish Pirates. It's another Cornish Pirates one, Jamie. Yeah! <laughs> oh, bugger. Cornish Pirates has got some great ones on the uh, great ones on the farm. Oh, yes. Roseworthy Farms. Three points to two. Roseworthy Farms, you want to hit us up with some meat? You're more than welcome as well. Uh, Jamie, well done. You Thank take you, Sid. That, Thank that you. gives you a, a free two lead at the halfway mark. It does indeed. It does indeed. I'm, I'm so pleased. So that brings us to the end of episode five. It's been another good one. I've enjoyed myself. I hope you two have. Uh, and I hope everybody listening has as well. You can catch us on social media. It's at changingroom underscore four on Twitter and then the same handle on Instagram. Please like, rate, subscribe. If you like what you're listening to, then please share it with uh, with your friends. We'd, we'd love to 
to be able to reach a bigger audience and we can only do that with your help and also send in all your thoughts yeah get involved in the discussion we've also got an email address changing room for podcast that's all one word so changing room for podcast at gmail.com please send us an email let us know what you think any feedback offers for corporate partnerships i can look over them maybe you can send us some freebies you know some meet some getaways if you fancy digging <laughs> into your pockets that'd be fantastic as well um <laughs> no no we're only doing this for fun at the moment please get on let us know what you think of the podcast uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you so all that remains to be said is thank you Sid thank you Charles um, and I look forward to seeing you next week for round six thanks bye yeah I'll think about it see ya <laughs> bye